Welcome back for episode 93 of the Sports Gospel Show here on sportsgospel.com or wherever you find us. Darren and Andrew on with this week. Happy to be back with you. And congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to start this week's show off talking a little bit about the Super Bowl. You've heard everybody and their cousin talk about the Super Bowl, so we won't get too far into it at this point. Just give our thoughts. And I believe Andrew and I picked both picked the Chiefs, so we can celebrate that. And then... Uh, the big crux of this week's show will be our NBA All-Star Draft, and we'll explain that a little bit, but we're going to draft our own All-Star rosters and celebrate the best of the NBA season so far. If we have time at the end, maybe sprinkle in a few other topics. But without further ado, Andrew, what was your takeaway, the things that stood out to you about everything in, around the Super Bowl? I think I have a new gambling rule, and it's just never bet against Patrick Mahomes. It seems um, fake. Yeah, I I, um, that, that was basically why I picked the chiefs really in that combined with the fact that a lot of the public was thinking Eagles, putting their money on the Eagles. So just a classic fade the public spot, roll with the slide underdog, became a big underdog at halftime, still had confidence in them, rolled with them still at halftime. So, um, yeah, that was, that was just my main takeaway. And also, uh, a defense that was as dominant in the pass rush as the Eagles was all season ended up with zero sacks. You're not going to win too many games in the national football league. If you can't pressure the quarterback and really surprising outstanding work by the Kansas city off- offensive line. So I know people will get caught up in the, the holding call at the, at the end. And I, I don't want to throw it all on that because there were a lot of other factors that, played into this game. So I I think it was just outstanding work by the chiefs throughout the game and really a good game between both teams. Yeah, it was a fantastic matchup. I, I think the over under was like 51 and I was a little apprehensive. I thought these defenses would both play so well. We know Kansas city is potent. They can score it well on almost any team, but I thought the Eagles were put together well enough that they could stymie them. I thought it would be close to that seven or that 51. I did not expect them to get over 70 combined. And I know everybody's talked about it, so we have to say our piece. That was a horrible holding call. Like you say, the entire game isn't going to be hinged on that. The I think one of the old adages is you should play well enough to take the referees out of the equation. It was a bad call. They were letting these guys play the whole game. I don't think there was a holding call, a PI call. There's like one hands to the face. Otherwise, all the penalties, it felt like were all pre-snap, you know, false start type play uh, penalties. So it didn't it didn't decide the game, I don't think, but it, it was a bad call. So I get if. Eagles fans want to be upset by that. All in all, fantastic matchup. I think of probably the last five to seven Super Bowls, I'd say I think this is probably the best one we've had since coincidentally the Eagles played before. I think that Eagles Patriot overtime game. I think it's right on level with that in terms of recent Super Bowls, some of the best ones we've had. So definitely better than the last few years. I th- I think you're spot on with that. It's definitely the best since that Super Bowl. So. And now we have uh, Patrick Mahomes on a path to, I mean, 28, two Super Bowls. Are we starting to think, it's too early to say this now, are we starting to think that he could conceivably catch Tom Brady? Because I I don't see why not. Another decade of football for Patrick Mahomes, you know he's going to be good. Um, I know there's a lot of factors that play into that. So I won't go as far as to say, yeah, absolutely, he's going to do that. but. Um, it's certainly in the cards now, it seems like. Yeah, I think you have to have that conversation. Not at all saying he is going to catch Brady, but I do think 
the opportunity is there. It's we have a lot of guys who get there one time and never get back, but I don't know how many guys have two Super Bowl titles at this point in time. I was trying to look up Ben Roethlisberger. I was trying to think who's comparable who got there twice early and then never got back. Patrick Mahomes is doing unprecedented things, though. So if anybody can do it, I would not be surprised if it's him. Not not at all saying he's Tom Brady, not at all saying the Chiefs are going to do what the Patriots did, but the pieces are there. The question is, can how much can the Chiefs keep this together? Because you've got a half-a-billion-dollar quarterback over the next 10 years. Can they keep finding the Juju Smith-Schusters and Kadarius Tonys that right guy, right place, right time? That's to me what makes it feels like the Patriots. The Patriots did it with Jonas Gray and Deion Branch and these guys who are not Hall of Famers. If the Chiefs can keep doing that, that's what makes them feel similar to me. They're going to have to find guys on one-year deals, rookie deals, small contracts, veteran minimums, if they're going to keep this together. But as long as you have Reed, Mahomes, and then I would say maybe Kelsey in there is your trio, I would expect them to be hanging around, at least in the conversation, for the next next decade. Yeah, I I totally agree. There's going to be just so many factors that play play into it. Um but yeah, he's had one of the best starts of of any quarterback in NFL history, and three out of the last Super Bowls for him, right? Came up just short against the Bengals, came up just short against the Patriots with the uh, Frank Clark offsides as well in that Patriots Rams Super Bowl. So uh, he he could definitely have more appearances. I mean, got absolutely kicked in the teeth by the Buccaneers the one year. And so he's got two wins and and one loss and one really bad loss, but the legacy for him kind of changes if he doesn't get this win. So we we're starting to have this, this conversation about him catching Brady, but we wouldn't have be having this if the Eagles had won on Sunday for sure. A potentially more controversial topic. And I need to do more research before I really declare this. But do we need to start legitimately thinking that Andy Reid is the best active coach in football? Um, I think 100% without a doubt, best active coach. Because the and- the consensus is Belichick, but ha- Andy Reid, I think, needs to be get more respect as we move forward here. No, at this current point in time, I think it's Andy Reid. Um, now, the best check, best coach of all time is still Bill Belichick. Um, but at this current point in time, I really think Andy Reid is the best coach in football. So for some fun numbers, Belichick is third all time in coaching wins at 298. Andy Reid is fifth at 247. Belichick has been coaching four more years than Reid has. Um, so playoff wins, Belichick has 31 to Reid's 22. Uh, the Super Bowls, the, the six. For Belichick, the two for Reed, but like we talked about, that could very well change here going forward. Uh, the Bel- uh, Belichick and the Patriots made the playoffs 19 years. Andy Reed has made the playoffs 18 years, so it's really not that far apart. We've kind of seen what's happened to Belichick after Tom Brady. Andy Reed has done this with Alex Smith, Michael Vick, Donovan McNabb, Patrick Mahomes, all great quarterbacks. But I think we need to start talking about Andy Reid now that he's got two Super Bowls and you add him what he did with the Eagles. He's, I don't think he's that far behind Belichick, as we might no, think at really, first glance. It's really just the Super Bowls that separate them. But, and if Andy Reid wants to continue coaching for another five, ten years, um, I'm not sure if that's what he wants. But if he if he stays for the length of Patrick Mahomes' career or close to it, then I really think he has a chance to catch up. I I basically made up my mind and said, 
I'm I'm throwing a small bet on the Chiefs to win it all and Mahomes to win an MVP just every year and feel like it's going to cash in at least once out of every five years over the next decade, at least once. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at with the Chiefs right now. I think we can we can reasonably call them a dynasty, can't we? That that's a good question. I hadn't thought about that. What is it? Two Super Bowls in three years? Yeah, two Super Bowls in the past three years. Three out of the last four, I believe, actually. Appearance. Um Yeah, appearance. Um appearances and then however many AFC championships. I think it's five straight uh, conference title games. Does that sound right? Yeah, I believe so. Five straight appearances and three wins. So that's pretty good. I'd say that's – I mean, if they're right back in that AFC championship or even the Super Bowl again next year, which it seems reasonable to think that they'll be right in that conversation next year, then I, I think that's really when we've got a for-sure dynasty. I think people are having that conversation right now i I kind of lean towards it is but just an interesting conversation piece that i think i throw out there uh, i i think they're in there probably the best football dynasty since the patriots i know it wasn't that long ago i'm trying to do a quick read here to see how many times the same team has made just the afc title game i we take the time but i don't want to research on the fly here to find afc versus nfc but i believe it looks like the raiders in the 70s so the John Madden Raiders looks like they made five straight AFC title games. I'm trying to fast track forward here. It looks like there's a lot that maybe did it three or four years. I was trying to think the best Patriot run. How many years in a row did they make it? So they made it in 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. How many years is that? Was that seven straight? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight years that the Patriots made it, which didn't end all that long ago. That's pretty impressive. I don't know if the Chiefs can match something like that, but I don't know if they have to necessarily be considered a, a dynasty. Yeah, I'll I'll call them a dynasty, and we'll congratulate them on the win. Uh, I still would argue that Jalen Hurts should be the MVP. He was the best single player in that game. People kind of want to kill him for the fumble. That's sports. The one penalty, one turnover. Football is a game of you know, four quarters. How many dozens of plays? Can't can't put it all on just one guy. I think Jalen Hurts. I know they've only done it once for the recently enshrined in Canton. Chuck Howley, only one time they've given the losing team the MVP, but Jalen Hurts to me was the best player in that entire game. Yeah, I think so, but I, I don't think uh, we're going to see a losing team quarterback win MVP. You're going to have to do something really special. How yeah, um, Kadarius Tony, I think, was almost the MVP. Had he taken that punt back? He would have had two of the biggest plays that swung the game in the favor of the Chiefs. And Kadarius Toney, who would have been discussed as a first-round bust, traded for almost nothing from the Giants this year, could have been Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, we were also half a step away from a Nick Bolton MVP as well. Yeah, I, because... I love Nick Bolton. I He's one of my favorite players that nobody really talks about. He just plays a million miles an hour, and he's so fun to watch. So I appreciate you bringing up Nick Bolton. We don't talk about him enough, how fun he is to watch. Yeah, he he is, but we were about half a step away from Miles Sanders from him taking in two, two touchdowns, two defensive touchdowns, and I think that would have been an MVP-type performance for Nick Bolton there. Which, um, 
My, the the question of what is a catch really got put on display in this game. The Dallas Goddard one out of bounds and the Miles Sanders non-fumble. Right. The, yep. We will never understand what is and is not a catch in the NFL. No, no, we we really won't. They've really muddied the waters on what is and isn't a catch so far that we we just will never know. Um, uh, anything else on the Super Bowl? Again, congratulations to the Chiefs. Fantastic game on both fronts. I I would have been a no strong feelings who won or lost. I just picked the Chiefs, so I'm going to wear that feather in my cap. Yeah, um, quick thoughts on the Eagles. They got a lot of free agents coming up. They also lost their offensive and defensive coordinator. So I'm not going to go as far as to say is I still think they're going to be a good team next year, but they're going to have a tougher schedule and a lot of decisions to make in the offseason in terms of free agents. And also, probably given Jalen Hurts a new contract since next year is the last year of his deal, they they probably won't want him to be in a lame duck status, I wouldn't think. So, got to think that a Jalen Hurts extension is coming this offseason. Yeah, they may regress a little bit. I worry about it. They they could be like the Bengals who get right back, or they could be the Rams who lose everybody. That That hangover is real whether it's the winning or losing team. So I'd be very worried about the Eagles, like you say, because they lost so many pieces in their coordinators. And also, I this just feels like grasping at straws to me. People that are saying, well, the Eagles lost because their coordinators were distracted. Shane Steichen and uh, the Gannon, the defensive coordinator, they were both already looking elsewhere to the future. I I don't buy that. I think you get to the Super Bowl, you're no. lucky to have more than one stab at it. I think those guys were all in. It was just you ran into the Wizard and what is the Chiefs' second-half team? Yeah, no, it, no, no, no excuses like that for the Eagles. Just you ran into Mahomes and could not find a way to get pressure on Mahomes. And like I said, a, a team that had 70 sacks combined as a team, which is a lot, one of the highest totals we've seen in recent memory, didn't get a single sack on Mahomes. Uh, that's really it right there. That's kind of the ball game, if you want to think about it that way. So. It wouldn't surprise me if the Eagles go from, you know, a 14 win, this, this 14 win team to like a 10 win team with just some of the upheaval that they're going to have this off season. All right. Well, looking at the last couple of years, Rams were terrible. Bengals were good. Chiefs and Bucks, I believe were both good after that one. Uh, the Chiefs, Niners, Chiefs were good. I think the Niners slipped a little bit, which is how they end up with Trey Lance. So it's, been kind of a coin toss in the last couple of years. The Rams are really good at being good in the Super Bowl and then terrible the next year, but the rest of them seem to be largely consistent. Just the the Niners, kind of the odd man out there. Otherwise, the last five years, most of the teams have at least been respectable. Totally, totally. I just think it'll be a close battle between them, the Cowboys, the Giants next yeah. year. So, yeah. And, and like you mentioned, Jalen Hurts, I think proved he belongs in that conversation, which he may end up being the best quarterback in the NFC with Brady retiring and your beloved A.A. Ron may be looking elsewhere, but that's a conversation for the another day. Another day to is Jalen Hurts the best NFC quarterback now? Yeah, I think it's a legit conversation, but like you said, another day, another time. So, getting into the meat of this week's episode is our NBA All Star Game, which I'll kind of let Andrew give the lay of the land here. But basically, we are doing our own rosters. We're not we're not beholden to the NBA All Star teams. No, we're we're definitely not beholden to the NBA All-Star team. So the way I was thinking we would do this is we would just don't know how you want to determine who gets the first pick, but um, we'll go two guards, two forwards, and a center for the starters. And then 
as far as the reserves, I believe we've got 13 man rosters. So each of us can take eight reserves and just kind of give our reasons why we don't have to necessarily do the uh, captain method that the NBA is following where you've got the uh, team Giannis in the East and you've got team uh, LeBron and then the starters are set, but then the reserves are going to get picked right before the game. So that's, that's kind of what we're doing here is we're having our own little all-star draft that the NBA does now, but we're doing it on our own. So yeah. not sure how you wanted to do the uh, flip, flip a coin basically to see who gets the first pick, but that's uh, kind of the format that I had in mind. No, I'll, I'll let, since you're kind of more the, the guest here, I'll let you go first, but a couple of clarifications to go along with that. We're, we're not stuck East West. You can draft any player from any conference, correct? Yep. Yep. We're not sticking ourselves to the East West. Yep. Good clarification. Now, Kyrie and Kevin Durant, how do we, I mean, it doesn't matter for us, but would you consider them East or West players? Just, to, just out of curiosity, we, we had this hyperbole last week. Like, how would we think about them if we did? Would we consider them Eastern Conference players? We'd consider them Western Conference players okay. at this point. Okay. At this point. But um, neither one will be in the All-Star game as a result of the recent trades. So. Okay. And, well, KD is still working back from injury, but that too. So both had to be replaced, but we can take them here because we are not beholden to the NBA's rules. So spoiler, you can have Kyrie if you want him. Spoiler. Yeah. yeah all yours, all <laughs> yours. So uh, any other pieces of clarification that I missed before we go forward? No, I think we're good. If there's anything, we'll address it along the way, but you are on the clock. All right. Well, I think you know who I'm going to take here. Um, I am going to take one of the two captains, and it's not LeBron James. Give me Giannis, who's been on an absolute tear since February began, but really middle of January he's been on a tear. Um, But in February, averaging like 38 points, 14 rebounds, well over 50% from the field, even hitting the three a little bit, uh, just kind of the – Ideal player. I'm going to throw him in my power forward slot. So give me Giannis and Titacumpa at my power forward to start things off. Can't really fault you there. I was between three guys with my top. If if I had the first pick, Giannis easily makes sense to be in there. Fourth in the league in scoring right now to go along with everything else he does. And if anybody's listened to this show for any number of time and has heard us talk about basketball, uh, probably not too shocked that I'm going to go with Mr. Do Everything, Mr. Boring. Looks like he doesn't belong on a basketball court, but has proven for several years now that he is the best player on the planet. Give me the Joker, Nikola Jokic. I, I'm going to get my center off the board. Centers are kind of always tough, and I think there's maybe three of them who could be starters in this. But I'm going to take the safe route and get Jokic as my first pick. Hey, one of the most fun guys to play with, I think, all time. Um, So... Great pick there, and love it. Just I, I love watching Jokic. I won't go so far as to say he's the best player because I think uh, it's still a two-way game, and I think Giannis is the best two-way player we've got, but that's neither here nor there. So I'm not going to take Kyrie with my next pick, Aww. but I am gonna I am going to take his teammate, his new teammate, with my second pick and throw him in at my point guard my point guard spot 
and that's Luka Doncic. I think you know of well my well-documented love affair with Luka Doncic. I've loved him basically since the moment he stepped on an NBA basketball court. And he's solidly in the MVP conversation. I think, you know, Jokic might be the front runner right now, but Luka's right there. Giannis is right there. So these are the top three players in the league that we're taking right off the board here. So I don't think there's really too much controversy, but I love being able to pair Luka and Giannis as my first two players. Yeah, I I finally came around on the Luka bandwagon last year. And when you look at guards, again, we're, we can assign point and shooting guard, but we're just taking flat out guards in this one. He's clearly the, been the best backcourt player in the league so far this year, second in scoring, also way up there in assists and rebounds as well as any guard in the league. For my second pick here, I'm going to keep building my front court, go with the big guys, and I'm going to go with the man who's leading the league in scoring. I need some offense that Jokic can feed it to. Give me Jason Tatum from the potentially best team in the NBA, Boston Celtics, uh, assigning him as my power forward or just one of my forwards. Something that I didn't really realize until I was doing research for this, he's a little over 1,600 points right now. If he keeps this pace up, he could feasibly get to 3,000 points. We've Jordan, since Wilt Chamberlain had, you know, potentially spurious numbers back in the day, getting like 4,000 points in a season, Jordan had one season that he got 3,000, and that's the only guy I think that cleared the 3,000 mark. It would be a pretty tough for Tatum to do, but he's he could floor with it at the rate he's going. Wow. Um, yeah, no, Tatum's absolutely had a sensational season, and I do think it's a it's a real race between the Celtics and the Bucks right now, especially after the Bucks win last night. But Celtics and Bucks probably the two best teams in the NBA, and I think those are the two teams that are going to kind of battle it out. And Tatum has been just absolutely on fire, kicked it up another notch this year. So well deserved pick there. I'm gonna take the other captain of of the NBA All Star Weekend, and I'm gonna take LeBron. Uh, if you're going to leave LeBron on the board here for me at the fifth pick overall, go ahead. Uh, I love, I love taking LeBron and pairing him with Giannis and Luca. Um, Thirty points per game. LeBron is just doing things that we've never seen. All-time leading scorer now. Uh, one of my favorite players of all time. So, give me uh, LeBron James, and I think that will uh, round out my other forward spot. And. For my third pick, thinking about this, this is the all-star. This is who's having the best season. I'm rewarding great seasons. This this isn't a fantasy draft like we're doing a video game. So if you want to just take pure talent as one thing, I want to look at the guys who are having the best season, who deserve to be recognized. Let's start getting some guards on my roster here. And I'm going to go homer pick, call it that if you want. Damian Lillard's been one of the best guards in the league this year really carrying the Blazers on his back is kind of a one-man show with a lot of young guys around him. Still uh, putting up you know, nearly 30 a game, really high in player efficiency rating, all the advanced numbers. So give me Mr. Lillard to be my first guard off the board. Yeah, um, I, really like the, I really like the angle of uh, taking, uh, you know, rewarding the best seasons. I'm kind of doing a little bit of both rewarding the best seasons and approaching it a little bit like a fantasy draft in honor of uh, the, the best seasons though, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, a guy that I, I think you love um, a guy that should be in the MVP conversation. I'm going to fill out my center spot 
And I'm going to go ahead and take Joel Embiid as my center. He's averaging, I believe, uh, close to 35 points a game, like 12, 13 rebounds a game. And he's just kicked it up another level, played consistently, um, just just doing some crazy things. But it's kind of going unnoticed because of the crazy season that uh, Jokic is having, Luka's having, uh, that Giannis is having to a certain extent, and Bede's kind of getting overlooked. But I'll reward his great season that he's had, and he's uh, carried Philly in the East, and I'll take uh, Embiid. He's averaging 33 and 10, plus he has one and a half blocks per game, which is among the best in the league. I've warmed on Embiid. He's kind of like Luca for me. It took some more time for me to see, okay, can they be a complete player like a Giannis, LeBron, Jokic? So I'm coming around on him. It's just my undying love for Jokic makes Embiid be the number two center league. I think it's for centers, it's those two and everybody else right now. Um. So I'm going to go to my other guard spot here and really rewarding recent performance. I don't think anybody's talking about this guy, but he's averaging 30 points, almost six assists, five rebounds, a steal and a block per game. Do you know who I'm talking about? We talking about Donovan Mitchell? You're getting close. This is another guy who I think is on your beloved list. He goes by three letters. S-G-A, Shy Gilgis Alexander for the Thunder, part of the reason nobody talks about him. But you look at the numbers, who's having a better season than S-G-A? Top five in scoring. Give me the unheralded guard from the Thunder. All right. All right. Um, I'm going to go with my own homer pick here, and this is probably going to be a little bit out of left field to fill my other guard spot. I'm going to go ahead and take the guy who's leading the NBA by far in what they call clutch points. And I'm going to go ahead and take De'Aaron Fox Ah. as my other starting guard. Uh, A lot of other options on the board here. I considered, you know, Mitchell, John Morant, I think would be in the conversation. Those are kind of my other ones, but if you can take your homer pick with Damian Lillard, I'll go ahead and take De'Aaron Fox. Um, when it comes down to that fourth quarter, the strange ending, the Elam ending that they do in the all-star game, give me De'Aaron Fox. He's he's perfectly built for that. So take him as my other guard. A guy who really deserves it in the in the normal all-star game, is it his first year finally making it in? Yeah, and he made it in as a replacement because of um, – I believe Curry being out. Yeah. And that's quick side note on this, the actual all-star game. This is why I wanted us to do our own rosters, not be stuck to theirs. There are a lot of guys who make the regular all-star game case in point, Steph, who I think really get in on name recognition more than what they've done this season. Guys like SGA, De'Aaron Fox. I don't want to spoil some of my picks, but I think there's more deserving guards. Yes. Steph is an all-time great hall of famer and I'm a huge Steph fan. But if we're talking 22-23 NBA season, guys like De'Aaron Fox deserve that nod over somebody like Steph. Yeah, and also the other element with Fox, that it doesn't really quite show on the stat sheet, but he's definitely improved is defensively as well. He, it's probably been his best defensive season of his career. and Big reason, um, him and Sabonis are a big reason why the Kings are in the third seed, so... I got to reward him for a good individual season, but also his team is playing well, and he's a big reason why. And to round out my starting five here, my other forward spot, 
uh, I think quite a different player than Jason Tatum and a guy who I did not expect to get this high. But when I looked at the power forwards and small forwards, which side note, small forwards, not really impressing me. I would say of the five spots, if we were being strict on positions, small forward, may be the weakest of the five right now. But I'm going to go with another power forward, maybe a bit more of a bruiser. So Tatum can be the streaky shooter. Julius Randle with the New York Knicks having a great season. Sixth in scoring as we're recording this, uh, 1,400 points plus top 10 in rebounds. Double-double machine there for the Knicks. Give me Julius Randle. I like it. I like Julius Randle. Um, I know a lot of statistical nerds don't like Julius Randle because he's not the most efficient player. But like you said, he can bang and he uh, he can even step out and hit the three. But yeah, I really, I really like your Julius Randle pick there. So let's uh let's quick recap here our, our starters for everybody out there so they know who we've got. I took Giannis, Luca, Embiid, LeBron, and Darren Fox. So those are my five. Give everybody your five real quick. So at my center, I've got uh, the Joker, Nikola Jokic, Jason Tatum at one of my guards or at one of my forwards. My guards, Damian Lillard and Shai Gilgis-Alexander. And then my other forward spot, Julius Randle. I will All right. say, I will say you have a much more household name friendly team. Yeah, yeah, my team is definitely more household friendly. Maybe that will change a little bit when we go to the bench, but I don't, I don't really know. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and you said that center is kind of a... I'm going to go ahead and go back-to-back homer picks here. So... I took Fox as my last starter. I'm going to take his teammate and I'm going to take Sabonis as my backup center to Embiid. Um, Sabonis has just been a walking double-double, even triple-double on some nights. And there's points where the Kings run their offense through him. They have one of the best offenses in the NBA and Sabonis is a big reason why. He's a little bit undersized as a center, but I also like lefty centers and Sabonis is a lefty center. So I need uh you got your lefty with Julius Randle. I'm going to go ahead and get my lefty with uh, DeMontis Sabonis and put him in as my six man slash uh, Joel Embiid replacement because Embiid will definitely get tired and won't be able to run the whole game. So uh, Sabonis will be a nice quality backup to him. I'm a big Sabonis fan. I was a little bit worried he was going to fall off the board before he gets back to me. I think I think there's the top two as your A level, and then Sabonis kind of alone at the B, and then you drop down to C, D, E level after that. So smart pick to grab Sabonis. Kind of, kind of mini Jokic, right? Not, not quite um, on the same statistical level as Jokic, but does a lot of similar things. If you watch uh, the Kings play, he'll grab the rebound, take the ball up the floor. And basically run the offense from the high post, which is what Jokic does a lot. Um, doesn't do it to the same level, and frankly, doesn't need to because he's got a guy like De'Aaron Fox on the side that can take over whenever, uh, and others too. But um, yeah, so that that's really why I, why I took Sabonis. I just like the style of play. So, and I'm up next. My first bench pick. I'm going to go with a smaller guy, and this guy has been an absolute machine. I believe the most games played, the most minutes played this year. Top five in points, and I did not realize how good he was defensively. Leads the league in steals. 
a guy that I think you're high on, if I remember previous conversations from the Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards. Ooh, ooh, I like that. Yeah, no, I love, absolutely love Anthony Edwards. I don't really like what Minnesota did with their roster so much, but that doesn't take away from the season that uh, Anthony Edwards is having. And so I, I absolutely love that pick. Weirdly so. not a facilitator. I didn't realize he wasn't big on, I mean, amongst other guards when you look at, at the assist game, but defensively, he's getting it done. That's because the Timberwolves screwed around and allowed D'Angelo Russell to run their offense for the first two and a half months before they traded him. I wonder if we'll see him pick it up as a facilitator over the next two months or so after the All-Star break. I hope so, because that's kind of what Anthony Edwards should be, is the lead creator. He should be the... He should be the Tatum of the Timberwolves. That's that's 100% what he should be and what he can be. So I love Tatum. Uh, great pick. I'm going to go ahead and take a guy who is a starter and a guy that you love uh, from a team that you love. I'm going to go ahead and take Donovan Mitchell ah, off the board right now. That, that was my I, pick. Do I want Donovan Mitchell or Anthony Edwards? Yep. Yep. I think that that is kind of who it was down to for me as well. Uh, maybe another guy thrown in there, but 27 points, four rebounds, five assists, steal and a half, um, shooting really well, just playing really efficiently. And the Cavs are a legit Eastern conference contender. They'll be fun to watch come the postseason, and really down the, down the stretch as well, just as a result of Donovan Mitchell and love the explosiveness. And as far as scoring goes that Donovan Mitchell can bring and, that's the kind of fun that you you want on your team in an all-star game. So give me Donovan Mitchell. I wonder coming down the home stretch here, he's 12th in scoring right now. If he can work his way up that list, put together some more numbers. And if the Cavaliers become contenders, if they maybe sneak into that three spot, as we see the nets are about to fall off here. If he could get the Cavs to that three line and puts up numbers, I wonder if he has a shot at being in the MVP conversation or an all NBA starter. Or is it kind of, okay, we're between Tatum, Luka, Giannis, and Joker for MVP already? Or maybe even just Luka, Embiid, and Joker? Yeah, I really think uh, it would take quite a bit to get Donovan Mitchell into that race. He would have to do something truly sensational to get into that race. I don't really see it, but I do think like a maybe a second-team All-NBA bid is is there on the table for him. If he has a dominant second half of the season. All right. My pick, my seventh pick overall, just I, I same kind of rationale with Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards being the iron man, putting in the time, give me another one of those workhorses, the machine, the never give up guy, the do all the dirty work guy. Anytime we talk NBA, he's in my top five list. Jimmy Butler, another guy quietly having a decent year. If people aren't picking up the slack, he's going to grab them by the throat and make sure they do their job. So give me Jimmy Butler here to come off the bench. I need some more wing help. I don't really have a a good wing defender. Just give me Jimmy Butler to fill that void. Interesting. Yeah, I like like that pick. Um, I should probably take a wing defender myself, but I'm not going to. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and back up my point guard spot, spot. And I'm going to take a John Morant kind of for a lot of the reasons of Donovan Mitchell is I just want a high wire act coming off my bench. 
And John Morant is definitely that. And I'm just thinking of all the great possibilities of, of John Morant dunking himself, but lobs to Giannis, lobs to Embiid, you know, really cool plays in that regard. So I'm going to, I'm going for, I think I'm going heavy on the offense. I'm not going on the defense in, in the all-star game. So I'm going to really trust Giannis and Embiid when it's defensive crutch time a lot. So, yep. Give me uh, John Morant this year um, as my eighth pick. Well, I will see your offense and raise you more offense. He may be nothing but an offensive machine. He may turn the ball over. He may not play defense, but I'm going to win a shootout with you. I'm taking Trey Young. Yeah. And, yeah, interesting. Um, I've I've cooled on Trey Young a little bit. Ooh. I think he's uh, not really all that fun to play with, uh, to be quite honest. But um, he's definitely a gunner and is going to put up points when the shots are falling. So, yeah, not a, not a bad pick at all. Um, maybe I can go ahead and get myself a little bit of defense here. I'm not sure. Um, I am going to go ahead and do that. I'm going to take another forward and give myself a guy who's an all-star starter, who's having a great season. I'm going to go ahead and take Laurie Markinen from the Utah Jazz. I was curious if we were going to hear his name today. Yeah, I think I have to just from a pure perspective of – rewarding a guy that's had a great season that's maybe flown a little bit under the radar. So Laurie Markkinen, 25 points per game, nine rebounds per game, and he's really shooting the ball well, 50% from the field, 40% from three, 87 from the free throw. So just on the edge of being a 50, 40, 90 guy, and he's shooting seven and a half, three-point attempts per game. So it's not like he's only taking a couple of them and hitting them. He's shooting a healthy amount and burying them at a high clip. Over 40% is a good clip in the NBA. So especially for a 6'11 power forward slash center. So give me Markinen. He's a curious guy. I wonder, according to basketball reference, he's still only 25. Feels like he's been around the league for a while and bounced around. I just wonder if it was a maturity thing with him, if his game needed to develop for the NBA. He was he was getting labeled with the bust word when he was with the Bulls. Yeah, I think it was really more just finding a spot where he could flourish in an offense where he could flourish. If you if you remember, uh, Will Hardy from the Celtics was hired as the coach of the Jazz, and so he's brought a little bit of that um, Boston Celtics offense that we see with Tatum and Brown, and he knows how to tailor an offense around the talents that the guys on his team have. Laurie Markkinen's the best player on that Utah Jazz roster by far. So I'm not really too surprised that he's having a good season. I just didn't expect that it would be this level. But I think he's really just finally found the perfect situation for him, and that's why he's flourishing the way that he is this year. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Man, my ninth pick here, I may be reaching a little bit, and it's maybe more picking with my heart than my head, but I needed some size. And I'm going down to get Jimmy Butler's running mate, Bam Adebayo. Love it. I I love Bam's game. So you're you're definitely bringing that heat culture to your team. So 
That's good. Um, I see your Bam out of bio, and I'm going to go ahead and take man. Um, a lot of interesting picks left on the board here. I will give myself a little bit of defense, especially on the wings and in the backcourt. I'm going to go ahead and take Giannis's running mate. I'm going to take Drew Holiday. He's an all-star reserve, uh, two-time all-defense, two-time all-star. And strangely, like, he was an all-star like nine years ago, and now he's back again. So I don't know how many guys do that, make an all-star team, wait nine years, and then make another all-star team. He should have been back before now. Um, it's really just a, a whirlwind of circumstances that have got him back in the all-star game. But he's having a great year, really stepped up in Chris Middleton's absence. And even when Chris Middleton's been back, he stepped up late last night against the Celtics. And big reason why Milwaukee is even in the number two spot and can contend with the Celtics at this juncture. Give me Drew Holiday. There's my defensive solution. I've always been a Drew Holiday fan. I just, I didn't realize he was having that good of a season. I'm happy to see it, and I'm all for him being there. I, he was a guy who was under the radar for me that he was really that good for them this year. Yeah, 20 points, 7 assists, um, but it's really just the work that he does. He he is tasked with, tasked with uh, facing the best perimeter player on defense every night and does a bang-up job, and he can even go in and bang with a big man in the post, even though he's undersized when he does it, but he's just so physical and strong. Uh, he's like a little bit of an undersized Jimmy Butler in that way. So I, I love drew holidays game. So give me, give me him. I'll stick with you in the guard pool. And I'm going to go with a guy who I believe is in his first all-star game and going to get his first selection from us. I'm taking Jalen Brunson. I want I want the guy he can score, he can dish it, and I think he's got that culture, locker room leader, you know, just just a good team guy. So give me Jalen Brunson as a another backup guard here. Uh you took my you took my sneaky guy. I had a feeling you uh, had a feeling you were a Brunson fan. Yeah, Brunson has uh, really stepped it up lately. I mean, he's been averaging like thirty points a game in this last seven or eight games, I believe. So He's on an absolute tear coming into this all-star game. Uh, if you wanted to throw some wacky bet on MVP odds, Jalen Brunson, like a small amount, sprinkle a small amount on Jalen Brunson. I don't know why, but he's been tearing <laughs> it up recently. But maybe maybe Jalen Brunson or somebody like that could win it this year. It could be really weird. Um, give me another guy making his first all-star appearance and – Man, I can't believe I'm going to pick this guy, but yes. I got to. Yes, do it. Yeah, yep. Tyrese Halliburton. Do it. Coming to my bench. Um, man, I'm going to have a fun bench in terms of passing and, and cohesion with uh, Sabonis, Halliburton, John Morant. Um, I think that's going to be quite the offensive uh, the offensive bench there. So give me uh, – Give me Tyrese and all the passing and all the synergy. It's a little bit defense thrown in there with guys like Holiday and Laurie Markkinen to an extent. When I was putting this together and I was looking at the players, I had no idea he was third in the league in assist. I knew he was doing well for them, but I had no idea he was playing that well for the Pacers. 
Oh yeah, he's absolutely carrying them and I don't know who's in the running for most improved. I got to think Halliburton's name is in there. I don't know who else um, could be leading for that award right now. I'm, I'm sure there's someone I'm missing right now, but I feel like Halliburton's in that conversation when it comes to most improved. I mean, it's probably a lot of the guys we talked about. Halliburton, Markinen, De'Aaron Fox, SGA. Bronson. Bronson, yeah, Bronson's good in, name. A, in a flourishing role with the Knicks, yeah. I think that's probably... Yeah, those are probably the candidates that we that we just talked about. Uh, let's see. So we're back to me with my 11th pick. Let's see. He doesn't really rebound. He doesn't really block. Who doesn't love a good mid-range jumper all game? Give me the ageless DeMar DeRozan. I was wondering how long it would be before we got DeMar DeRozan off the board here. He's like the rest of his numbers, when you kind of look at him across the board, it's like, oh, you know, the, the threes aren't there and the rebounds aren't really there, but hey, <laughs> he's 10th in the league in scoring and he's doing it all with twos. True, true. Um, Good pick there. So we have two I'm picks left ahead. each, correct? Yep, we each have two picks left. So my 12th pick here, I'm going to go ahead and take another small forward, power forward, shooting guard. Kind of positionless here, but give me Paul George. 23 points, six rebounds, five assists. Just kind of been steady, um, whether Kawhi is playing or not. Kawhi is back now, but Paul George has just kind of been the steady force for the Clippers. Got them in a position to be in that top six. Uh, don't know where they'd be without him, really. And he made a Western Conference all-star reserve team. So give me uh, give me Paul George as another creator wing player off the bench. He's another guy I saw make the roster. And I thought, wait, Paul George has even been playing this year. I, that completely slipped my mind that he was playing and having a decent year. I kind of thought it was like Steph Curry, where it's kind of a lot of name recognition for him. No, he's absolutely having a great year. He is uh, absolutely tearing it up. And so what do I have here, I have three guards on my bench. I have two forwards on my bench. I'm trying to think what else I need and who's available. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I know I just took DeRozan. I'm going to get maybe a, a smaller guy who he's, he may be the Robin to somebody else's Batman, but he's going to be a good, good guy to spell some minutes. Give me Jalen Brown for as good as the Celtics are. Jalen Brown's the second best player on that team. So must be doing something right. So give me Brown as another small forward off the bench. Yeah, I love that pick. Um, all right, we're down to my last pick here. I don't necessarily like my options that I have left because we're kind of to the name recognition guys, guys who are injured, may not be available to play. I'm going to go ahead and take a guy who is going to be available and uh, did make the the all-star team. I'm going to go ahead and take John Morant's teammate and take Jaron Jackson Jr. as my 13th and final pick. Uh, he is kind of in the running for Defensive Player of the Year, and I think that's why he made it. Excellent shot blocker. Can score from the outside. Not going to add a lot to me offensively, but I don't really need it with the other guys that I got coming off the bench. So 
Give me uh, the rebounding, the shot blocking, uh, the defense of Jaron Jackson Jr. off my bench in that 13 spot. Another guy I'm happy to see getting a lot of credit. The Grizzlies, we always talk about job, but Jaron Jackson has been the workhorse doing all the dirty work that we never talk about. So appreciate the pick there. And he was another guy who was in my running for my final piece to the puzzle here. I'm, I'm in the same spot as you for my last pick. I'm looking at who's a good advanced statistic guy versus who's a good just total stats guy versus who's got the name recognition because the people listening are probably screaming that there's certain names we're leaving out. But again, I'm trying to reward who is consistent all year, who's been on the floor. Um, I have a guy that I want to throw out there, but I feel like you're going to make fun of me. There's, I'm between two guys. Maybe. I might make fun of you, but that's <laughs> a risk you're willing to take, I hope. I don't know that I need three bigs, but this is a fun, different kind of big. Give me Nikola Vucevic, just because I can. Okay. All right. Uh, a a three-point shooting big. Okay. A three-point shooting big. All right. I'll, I'll <laughs> give it to you. Uh, the other guy I was seriously considering was Siakam. Probably the last true consideration on my board. So the guys that we we left out, the big names that we left out are Curry, Zion, Durant, Kyrie, Kawhi, and Booker. Devin Booker. I was considering Harden, whether or not I should have been. Harden, yeah. Well, maybe we made a slight oversight with Harden, but that's neither here nor there. I like Um, going with the new guys. Let's get some new blood. Yeah, we, we went heavy on the new blood, which... I like, I don't like seeing the same guys recycled over and over. Chris Paul, maybe another name that we could have yeah. thought about. Aiton, if we were thinking about DeAndre Aiton a little bit. Um, any consideration for guys like Desmond Bain, Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray? I mean, I'm like that. I'm going to pick a Denver Nugget anytime I can. I just. I couldn't bring myself to do it. If I had, if I had to scroll beyond the first page of the screen on NBA reference, that that was telling me I was reaching a little bit too far. He had to be at the top in in something, whether or not it was a points or rebounds, a steals, or you know something like player efficiency rating or win share. Yeah. A lot, like of, lot of guys I like. I I could come up with my an all star of my favorite players. That may look a little different. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think we feel differently. We'd probably have Anthony Davis if he could ever stay healthy because he went on a tear for a little bit. Um, but there's, obviously there's... he can't stay healthy. So we left a we left a lot of big names off of the uh off our all star teams. So should we just run it down and, and tell everybody what we got real quick? Yeah, works for me. Uh all right. I'm going to hope I don't screw up all my own guys because I didn't really keep track of all <laughs> no, my right. bench guys. I, I got it all written down if you need. Okay. So I took I took Giannis, I took Luka, I took LeBron, Embiid, and I took De'Aaron Fox, and then I pivoted to Sabonis, and then Donovan Mitchell, John Morant, Laurie Markkinen, Tyrese Halliburton, Jaron Jackson Jr., I'm missing someone. I took uh, who else off the bench? Yeah, Jared Jackson, Paul George, George. and Jay Rue Holiday. Drew Holiday. Yep. Okay, there's my squad. 
That's solid, solid group there. You know, the, the Suns are probably like one or two off seasons away from just assembling this whole roster the way they're operating. Yeah. Uh, they might have all 13 of these guys by the time we do this next year. Did we pick a single Suns player? We did not. We left off CP3, Booker, and Aiton. And Booker, I understand, because of the injuries. So we did Aiton, not pick... I don't really... We didn't pick a Suns player or a Warriors player. Correct. Yeah, we weren't feeling Clay Thompson. Um, so it's really Curry if you uh, want to overlook the injuries. Or Clay Thompson if you believe in the comeback season of Clay Thompson, which he's definitely played better but Wiggins has been injured and Jordan Poole hasn't been playing well enough to be in the conversation so yeah we we left off uh, the Suns and the Warriors not to say that those teams won't be in contention in the Western Conference playoffs they absolutely will but um, we uh, didn't like any of their guys because of the injuries maybe a little easier to stand out if you're Laurie Markkinen and you're far and away the best jazz player I, I think that's true all right, and then, so my team, my starting five, I've got Jokic, Jason Tatum, Damian Lillard, Shai Gilgis-Alexander, and Julius Randle. Coming off the bench, Anthony Edwards at shooting guard, Jimmy Butler at small forward, Trey Young at point guard, Bam Adebayo as a center, Jalen Brunson as a guard, DeMar DeRozan and Jalen Brown as my backup guards. And then, just for fun, the three-point shooting big man, Nikola Vucevic. He's just going to get me rebounds and kick out for threes. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think we got two solid rosters. Um, obviously that's, these won't be the rosters at the game. So don't kill us when these aren't the rosters at the game, but um, the actual game should be plenty of fun. And I like the added wrinkle of them having the benches drafted right before the game. I think that's really cool to have it done like live in the arena right before the game happens. And what else do we have? So I know the dunk contest, I didn't, I don't think I knew a single name of a player doing the dunk contest, but the three point looks loaded. I believe Lillard and Tatum are doing the three point contest and it sounds like they've add wrinkles to that. And then what's the other one? Is it the skills competition or those are activities? Yep. We've got the skills competition, uh, the rising stars game, which I will probably watch the rising stars game. Cause it's all the best of the rookies and the uh, sophomores and Keegan Murray is there. So I'll be watching the rising stars game too. Is that the um, um, is that the one we changed like USA versus the world? Yeah, I can't, I can't yeah. how they do the NBA All Star Game anymore. Yeah, it's USA versus the world, but um, yeah, and they call it the Rising Stars Game, so that should be uh, fun and interesting. That yeah, the dunk contest is kind of the most underwhelming dunk contest I think I've ever seen, unless you're fired up about Kenyon Martin Jr. Uh, Mac McClung from the G League. Which that's the the dunk contest I thought was the thing for the longest time. I wouldn't watch the All-Star game, but I would watch the dunk contest. And now it feels like it's kind of faded it's off. Gone, it's gone downhill in recent years. I don't know what the NBA can do, but they, they can't get their star players to uh, participate. Because we should be getting guys like Zion and John ja Morant. You know, guys who are just insane dunkers that can really throw down and do some crazy stuff, but we're not getting, we're not getting that. Uh, instead we're getting G league, Mac McClung, Kenny Martin, Jr. Jericho Sims, who can jump. Absolutely. And I don't even know who the fourth guy is. I'm, I'm 
probably disrespecting somebody yeah. right now. It, it just but. feels like a difference from when you had peak Dwight Howard and Blake Griffin, and you go back even farther to Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan. It's, man, just, just one year, give me Bam and John Collins and LeBron and, you know, these guys competing in it. Yeah, we need we need something like that Levine, Aaron Gordon to really bring it back. That was really the uh, last time that the dunk contest was good in my mind. Now, we almost forgot about the All-Star Challenge that they do where they have people from you know, celebrities and WNBA players and other athletes compete. Past players, yep. So we've got uh, Team Ryan, uh, Utah Jazz Team Governor Ryan Smith, and Dwayne Wade, the jazz owner. Um, so our teams, Kane Brown, somebody named Corday, Diamond to Shields, who's a WNBA player, Megatron, Calvin Johnson, Marcus Mayon, The Miz from the WWE, Albert Pujols, somebody named Everett Osborne, who doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, Ozuna, Guillermo from the Jimmy Kimmel Show, and Cinqua Walls. Apologies for the names I butchered on that. On the other side, Nikki Jam, somebody named Jesser, Simu Liu from... Um, the Marvel actor, Hassan Minaj, DK Metcalf, Janelle Monet, Arike Ogumbawale, WNBA player, 21 Savage, Ranveer Singh, Francis Tiafo, and Alex Toussaint. And I think I know who half of those people are. Yeah, I don't know who hardly any of those people are. So I feel, I feel yeah. like your plan there is just give it to the WNBA player every time and let them run over everybody. 100%. Um, as far as the skills challenge goes, though, I will be cheering hard for Team Antetokounmpo. We've got the Giannis and his brothers oh, nice. competing as a team of three in the skills challenge. So give me uh, give me that team. Don't they do this every year now? Isn't this like the Antetokounmpo family thing? Yep, Antetokounmpo. And then we've got Team Jazz, which is Jordan Clarkson, Walker Kessler, and Colin Sexton. And then Team Rookies, who I think is probably the favorite with Paolo, Jaden Ivey, and Jabari Smith Jr. Your boy Keegan Murray didn't make that one? Um, He should. He should. He's better than uh, two of those three guys, for sure. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the ones they've let go by the wayside. The Shooting Stars, I don't remember. I do remember when they did Horse for a couple of years. I really like that one. I wish they'd bring it back. Um, but at least they've, at least they've tried different things. Yeah, um, really interesting what they're doing with the Rising Stars this year because they have four teams. So Keegan Murray's on Team Pau Gasol with Paolo. So that's definitely my favorite team. And there's Team Darren Williams, Team Joakim Noah, and then uh, Team Jason, which I'm not sure which Jason that is. Jason. Uh, Terry, the Jet. Terry. According yeah. To yeah. Cool. Cool. Very cool. So that that will be interesting as well. I'll probably watch some of that too. But I don't. I don't. I don't mean for this to sound mean, but are there like are there legitimately a dozen rookies that have played that great so far this year? I feel like rookies now take a long time to really develop. No, not necessarily a dozen rookies, but we're throwing in second year guys here too. So you've got guys like Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Josh Giddy. Uh, Scotty Barnes, and then you've got G League All Stars, basically, which is Team Jason Terry. So, uh, Scoot Henderson, who's probably going to be the number two pick in the draft, is kind of the highlight there. Where's Wembenyama? Why isn't he in this thing? 
because he's playing overseas. He's not G League Ignite. So um, you've also got Mac McClung there, Scotty Pippen Jr. So is, uh, uh, there's a guy a named Mojave of, King. Uh, he should be drafted right now just based on name. He probably will be drafted, but uh, probably not the first round. Probably not the first round. So, um, yeah. As as much as I hate to cheer for uh, Mr. Murray based on his college affiliation, I'm I like Team Pow in this thing. I'm a big Paolo fan, big Jaden Ivey fan, Ben Matherin, and then Scotty Barnes has been great. Give me Team Pow to win uh, Rising Stars. Oh yeah, Team Team Pow absolutely easily, easily. So, and it'll be a battle between Paolo and Keegan for the for the MVP. But your but your your main man Bones Highland is on Team Darren Williams. Bones Highland. Okay, uh, I was thinking about this some more, but Bones Highland basically said he didn't he didn't really like playing with Nikola Jokic. That's a big red flag to me. <laughs> there, if there's a guy that says he doesn't like playing with one of the um, guys who's easiest to play with, I think and most fun to play with all time. If you had to put like a most fun all time team together, Jokic is definitely on it. Um, Bones Highland, maybe maybe not my guy. Now that feels like a research project I want to do sometime is who who do players most love playing with all time? Like who's who's a player's player in the history of the NBA? Top two in my mind are Larry Bird and Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Playing with Larry Bird sounds a lot more fun than playing against Larry Bird. And then um Pistol Pete is probably oh, third in line for me. Because he was a facilitator. Yeah, and I just I just love Pistol Pistol Pete highlights like he did some crazy stuff, man. He did some uh he's just one of those guys that I irrationally like for whatever reason. I just irrationally like Pistol Beat Maravich. And then LeBron, and then I, I don't know, I don't care. Pick your fifth. Mm-hmm. As far as fun to play with, we're talking the high basketball IQ, fun to play with guys. Those are my four. Pick your fifth. That's a it's a fun research project now. Yep, absolutely. All right, anything else NBA All-Star related we need to get to? Not for my eyes, no. Well, that'll probably be our show for this week. Thank you all for joining us. We will be off next week with my travel. Be back uh, in two weeks and then go heavy through the month of March. A lot of college basketball to get to. We've tried to keep you abreast of that. So you go into March Madness with your bracket with a little bit of uh, inside knowledge. So we'll hit that hard. There's a big MMA fight, which speaking of Volkanovsky got robbed. If you don't know what I mean, look it up. He definitely won that fight. Uh, he should be the lightweight champion, but a huge fight coming up, I believe featuring John Jones at the beginning of March. We'll have M- uh, NFL free agency to get into NBA second half getting underway. So plenty of stuff as the calendar turns to March and we'll have it all for you here on the sports gospel. We thank you all for joining us. 